I've never created a, a healthy brownie recipe or, or healthy cookies because in my opinion, I think calling a cookie healthy, while you might swap out some ingredients, it's still a cookie. And so now we're calling something that is traditionally a treat healthy. And then that's kind of tricking us to say like, oh, we can have these in our diet regularly because it's a healthy cookie or it's a healthy brownie. And really, you're just getting yourself into the habit of eating a cookie and a brownie with all of your meals. And now all of a sudden, that's just a part of your diet. And so we like to, if we're going to have a treat, it's a treat because you only have it so often. Welcome to the Bar Bend Podcast, where we talk to the smartest athletes, coaches, and minds from around the world of strength. I'm your host, David Thomas Tao, and this podcast is presented by barbend.com. Today I'm talking to Sammy Moniz, an athlete, chef, and now cookbook author, perhaps best known as the mastermind behind Feeding the Frasers. Sammy joins us to talk about her path in nutrition and athletics, developing recipes, flavor, and cooking to fuel performance with her long-term partner and five-time fittest man on earth, Matt Fraser. Also, I do want to take a second to say we're incredibly thankful that you listen to this podcast. So if you haven't already, be sure to leave a rating and review of the Barbed Podcast in your app of choice. Now let's get to the show. Sammy, thanks for joining me, and I really appreciate you taking the time. First off, okay, you're best known for your cooking content, nutrition content. That's kind of the, the realm you live in, in many ways, at least online. And we don't always talk to folks about nutrition on the Barbell podcast. It's often about slamming barbells. So I really relish the opportunity to talk a little bit more about the nutrition side of things. We'll talk about slamming barbells and lifting weights and stuff a little later in the conversation. Perfect. <laughs> Give me a little info on your background in nutrition, in cooking. You know, was it kind of something like a, a particular event where you're like, hey, this is one thing I want to do with my life? Or was it a more gradual discovery of that side of yourself? Yeah, so sure. Thank, thank you so much for having me as well. I mean, man, I feel honored to be someone cooking up something a little different in the kitchen versus in the gym. So this is very exciting for me. Yeah, so I mean, I've always been interested in cooking. It was just something that from a young age, I grew up in a really big family and I, I always watched my mom, you know, cook dinner for us. And it, frankly, it, it just felt like a chore for her, which understandably cooking for five kids and, you know, it's a, a family of seven and you're always trying to feed this l- very large and opinionated group <laughs> after, of course, a long day of work for my mom, school for us and soccer practice and, and cheerleading and football and like whatever it, the activities were that we were doing. I just remember, you know, it was like Monday was spaghetti with white bread and water and you know like meals were just not very fancy and it was just what is going to feed a large group quickly and easily i remember doing like taco night and really that just meant like ground beef with some seasoning salsa and like some chips on the side and that was like okay tacos you know my mom just didn't didn't love cooking that much and so when i got to an age where it was like oh i I can be a little active in the kitchen. I I found myself just gravitating that way. And I always loved cooking for my family and, you know, went off to college and got my own apartment. And it was like, oh, you guys, you should come over once, once a month and I'll host a brunch. And so I did that for a couple of years where I would host brunch for my family and, and just enjoy knowing that everyone was coming over and I'd cook a big spread. And then you know, I started into CrossFit and, and I was working full time and coaching at a couple of gyms. And so it just, 
it was something that also, you know, it fed creativity and it fed my desire to learn something. And I just enjoyed the time, but I also, you know, I was getting more into fitness. And so meal prepping was a thing. And, you know, I was working so much that I not only did I meal prep because I enjoyed it for what it did for my lifestyle and, and just learning how to be a little bit more healthy. But then I also just found, you know, I needed to, I was working so much. And so it was just something that helped me get through the week. And instead of coming home from work and working out and coaching and, you know, it's nine o'clock at night and I could have very easily just sat on the couch and kind of like decompressed for the night. And I found myself just spending the evening cooking and, you know, trying to get it done so I could get to bed and do it all over again the next day. But I just found that that's how I was winding down from the day. Um, it was serving a purpose and it was helping me get fed and prepare for the week. But it was also something that I just I found relaxing. I found it enjoyable, you know, either listening to music or watching a show and just kind of like at my own pace, you know, chopping my vegetables or cooking my meat. And so, yeah, I mean, it just it genuinely just started from I just had some general interest. And then, you know, lucky enough, I've got somebody who's very interested in being the best at what they do. And so that that example just kind of started to rub off. It was like, okay, if I'm not good at something, what am I not good at? And, you know, is it the, is it the following directions? Is it the, the technique side of things? Is it like, what about cooking don't I know? And what do I want to get better at? And then you just kind of focus in on that. So I was super fortunate, one, to have a very hungry person to cook for. <laughs> including yourself. You're both, including you're both myself. athletes. Yeah, for sure. Including myself. But yeah, it was nice to always have somebody who was willing to eat whatever was put in front of them or test and try new things. You know, I'm, I'm very lucky that it was like, nope, I, you know, I, I want plain rice and chicken. You know, Matt is definitely not afraid of flavor and afraid to try new things. So that was super exciting, especially when I was getting into a little bit more of an exploratory phase. And then, um, yeah, I mean, he was also just an amazing example of there's something that you, that you want and you know, you, you put in the work and, and you work towards it. And so, yeah, I mean, that's just how it started was just like, I, I enjoyed it. I had like a baseline level of enjoyment. And then I also, you know, found purpose in it. So from there, it just kind of grew into, well, you know, maybe I should just like take some pictures of this stuff and document it for myself. And when really it started, that's, that's why it started was just, I'm a very, very visual learner. And so for me, it was helpful to, mm to look back and say, Oh, I, I changed this recipe because I didn't have, you know, this particular ingredient on hand, but I had this one. And so it helped me document it. And then it kind of served as like a virtual menu in our house. You know, I'd be like, Oh, Matt, what are you feeling for dinner tonight? He's like, hmm, I don't know. Let me check. And he would go on and he'd be like, Oh yeah. Can you make this meatloaf again? I'm like, yeah, easy. So it was just like a great, a great tool that ended up picking up some followers. And that was, you know, super cool. That was definitely not the intended purpose at the start it was like, I'm going to write a blog. It was kind of like, I'm just going to take some pictures and put it out on, on Instagram and, and, you know, serve as like a little, a little documentation of all the things that I'm cooking. And yeah, so that's how it started. And I mean, it's amazing that it's grown into what it has. Well, I'm, I'm curious in your own CrossFit journey, I feel like a lot of CrossFitters go through a different nutritional journey. It seems like every month when they first start off, they might start off paleo and then they might move to to zone, and then they might move to, you know, I think everyone has that flirtation with keto at, at, totally. a certain, at a certain point. What was your evolution there? And I'm curious, in a very athletic household, which you're a member of, let's put it that <laughs> yeah. way, 
you being an athlete yourself, you know, where are you all right now as far as how you might describe your diet from like a 10,000 foot view? So where'd you, what was that evolution and, and kind of how might you describe how you eat these days? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I definitely started out just like many where it was like, huh, so this CrossFit thing, they talk about paleo. I wonder what that is. And I'm sure I probably pronounced it differently at one point thinking that it was, you know, I don't, I don't even know. I remember hearing somebody say it once and I was like, that's how you say it. Got it. Paleo. Sure. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I, I tried it all. And I think that's especially early on. That was, it's not anything that stuck with me in terms of paleo or keto or I've never done whole 30, but I've heard great things. Like none of that stuff ever stuck with me, but I've definitely read about it. I've definitely, I did paleo for a little while when I first started back in like, I don't know, 2011. What was great about it was that it just kind of taught me about whole ingredients. Like I Mm. think back on some of the things that I would eat or some of the snacks that I would have. I remember, genuinely remember this is out of college too. This isn't just like a, a dirty college snack. I would have pretzels dipped in Nutella as just a snack and no shame because it's a delicious snack. That sounds pretty good. It's incredible. The sweet and the salty. Oh my God. I mean, come on. You couldn't ask for a better combo, but also I'm like, oh my gosh, that wasn't just like late night snacking. That was just, that was like a normal thing that I would be like, huh, I'm kind of craving a snack right now. It's like, that is not a snack. That is not, that is not anything that's going to, you know, satiate you or, or keep you full or anything that is literally just a ton of sugar. So it's funny to think back on, you know, I ate relatively well aside from Nutella dipped pretzels, but yeah, I, I think what was really great about it is it just gave me an understanding of, you know, what are whole foods and growing up in a household that we didn't eat poorly. We didn't eat out very often. Um, you know, that's expensive for a, a large family to eat out. And so my mom did cook, but it was also, you know, pasta and taco night with chips. And, you know, it wasn't, I don't think that there was a huge emphasis on like, we're having a healthy dinner. I think it was just more the fact that we ate dinner together every night as a family. And so that's something that I definitely take with me of like, you know, maybe my mom didn't enjoy cooking and maybe the meals that she was putting out weren't, you know, five-star dinners, but also I appreciate the effort that my parents went through to, to bring us all around the table at the end of the night. And so that to me is like, I don't remember if the meals were any good at this age, you know, I just, but I do remember the fact that we ate, we ate dinner together every night. So I think that that's special. The nice thing about all of that stuff is it just helps you become aware of the, the food that you're eating or the ingredients that you're using. It helps just guide you in terms of learning how to maybe cook for yourself and be a little bit more aware of, you know, rather than just eating out every night, you then start to become a little bit more conscious of where your calories are coming from or what kind of oils are they using or, you know, when you go out to dinner and things like that. So I appreciate everything I learned. I don't, I did not stay with any, any of those, you know, fads for, for very long. I just found that. I, I wanted more balance in my life. I didn't personally like a restrictive nature when it came to food. And um, yeah, I mean, we thankfully, like I said, you know, Matt was never a like white rice and plain chicken kind of guy. You know, we ate a lot of flavor and, and we cooked with whole foods, but um, nothing was really ever lacking in, in butter or, or flavor um, and seasoning and things like that. And so I think our approach to food has always been finding balance and and balance 
is going to look different for everyone. So, you know, for balance for Matt, he was training so much that, you know, balance also included a couple cookies after dinner. Balance for me does not look like a couple cookies after every dinner. My body and my activity level and all of and my goals just did not didn't support those that kind of balance. And so I think it's just important for people to figure out, you know, what is important to you, what are your goals, and then find balance there. You know, we've never I've never created a, a healthy brownie recipe or or healthy cookies. Because in my opinion, I think calling a cookie healthy, while you might swap out some ingredients, it's still a cookie. And so now we're calling something that is traditionally a treat healthy. And then that's kind of tricking us to say like, oh, we can have these in our diet regularly because it's a healthy cookie or it's a healthy brownie. And really, you're just getting yourself into the habit of eating a cookie and a brownie with all of your meals. And now all of a sudden, that's just a part of your diet. And so we like to, if we're going to have a treat, it's a treat because you only have it so often, right? And so once it becomes a regular thing, well, that's not a treat anymore. That's just part of your diet. And so I, I always enjoyed that kind of balance where treats are meant to be a treat, a true butter filled sugary treat. And then it also just helps keep you in check. You know, if you're eating a healthy brownie, well, now you're having brownies all the time and, and you're still kind of craving that original brownie. Whereas I'm, if I'm going to make a pan of brownies, then the one, I don't do it often because brownies are truly my kryptonite. I could eat an entire pan. So I recognize that about myself. And I'm like, you know what? Once a year for my birthday, we make some brownies. And I don't care how many I eat because it's my birthday. And calories don't count on your birthday. Do you want the center or do you want the crispy edge? That's very de- hotly debated. I want all of it. Okay. I don't discriminate. I want it all. I, I, can't, I can't turn away from a good brownie. They're just oh, so good. But then it's like, if it is buttery and sugary and all of the good things, then it's also going to help me keep in check. Like, okay, I don't need this whole tray of brownies. I'm going to have some, I'm going to enjoy myself, and then I'm going to move on. And I'm going to go back to the way that I normally eat. That's kind of our approach to food is that there's just, there's got to be balance. And I didn't do very well when it came to like restrictive things. I think I'm, I'm good at understanding what is good for me and bad for me, even though we don't really say like, we don't eat those bad foods or we only eat good foods. I think that anything in excess is going to be good or bad for you. And then I I also just believe that, you know, a cookie isn't bad. A cookie every day might be bad, but a cookie isn't bad. And so, you know, just trying to create a little bit more of a a healthy mindset around that stuff. and, And that's just what's worked best for, for us in our house. Yeah, and it also gets away from the mindset of deprivation, mm-hmm. right? It helps, it helps balance that out. I do have to ask, speaking of sweet treats, um, and having known Matt in an earlier phase of both of our lives, <laughs> the Gaines Bowl, mm-hmm. were you ever, were, were, what are your thoughts on the Gaines Bowl, which in my impression was just a pint of Ben and Jerry's with milk poured over top? Yes, it is basically an unmixed milkshake. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? And we should probably ask him, does, does, is that still eaten in your household? I'll put it that way. You know, I haven't seen a Gaines Bowl in a long time. <laughs> it's been a while. <clears throat> Let's just say it's been a while. We've, Matt has taken quite the hiatus from, from ice cream. Um, I think he, we, well, I, I remember actually sitting in the theater watching, was it the 25th, must, would have been the 2015 Games uh, movie documentary that they did. 
and he looked over at me and he goes, my God, I was so round. And I was like, I thought you knew. I don't, I didn't know that this was something you needed me to tell you. Like I just, he's like, oh, I was so big. How come nobody said anything? I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know that that was like a thing that we were alerting you to. I thought you just knew, right? (laughs) So he was like, okay, maybe, maybe a pint of Ben and Jerry's every, every night is not the way to go. It certainly makes, uh, it's going to make the pull-ups a little bit harder. Yes. In your cooking, if folks are following along with you on social and, and now your book, are you cooking? The, the big question that I, I think some folks had when I said I was recording this podcast, members of the team, are you cooking for any macro, specific macronutrient breakdown? And if, and if so, how do you balance that? And if not, you know, why not? But I guess you might have already answered that. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it's super valid. It's obviously something that is, is huge in our culture, big in CrossFit, big in the fitness industry in general. And I think that it serves a great purpose. I've counted macros before myself. I think that it, it serves as a really great, at least for me, the way that I've done it is um, always kind of like a learning tool of a little check-in with myself. I don't think I've counted macros now for a little over a year, but I'd kind of go go in and out doing it. And, and mainly it was just to like get myself back on track, you know, travel a ton. We're always on the road or cooking for the cookbook. I mean, man, I was talk about brownies. Well, there's a brownie recipe in my cookbook. Every, every recipe that's in that book is written and then tested and then tested again, and then maybe tested one more time and then cooked a final time to then be photographed. So every recipe you go through, it's, you know, three, four, five, maybe more. If you're having, <laughs> there are a handful of recipes that were really sticky for me. And um, so the, there's a cheesecake recipe in, in the cookbook. And I made that cheesecake nine times. So we have had our fair share of sweets around the house. And I just always found that, you know, for me, I just needed a little bit of a check-in. It wasn't anything that I really wanted to sustain in terms of living my life, always counting macros. But I loved the fact that it just helped me like, okay, A, am I eating enough? Because I think that that is often when people start counting macros, they a lot of times notice that they're under eating in certain areas, specifically protein always ends up being like a famous under under eating things. So I think it's really good to just have a check-in. And then also where are some areas that I'm overeating and then be able to kind of like adjust from there. I always found that it was great to like measure things out for a couple of weeks and just relearn the visual cues of, hmm. okay, what's an appropriate portion or what, what are appropriate meal sizes for me? What, what does my bowl look like? And then you can kind of go from there. Um, like I said, I mean, um, I think it's great for people that are doing that have very specific goals, whether it's a very lofty weight loss goal or they're competing in, you know, like an aesthetics competition where, you know, every grain of rice really does matter if you're trying to look a very particular way. I think we're just living a healthy life. The way that I choose to approach it is just kind of like, okay, this is like a good check-in for me. How are my portions? Am I eating enough? Am I, am I fueling myself appropriately? And then use it as just some learning to then say like, okay, now I'm, I'm back on back in check with myself, you know, and then I, I go back to just kind of like my learning my hunger cues and eating when I'm hungry and, and making sure that I'm prioritizing protein and things like that. So um, that's for me, Matt has never counted macros. Um, I think, you know, he was fortunate enough to be able to kind of just say like, I've got X amount of points to spend via energy, meaning mm. um, throughout the day. And I want to spend as many of my energy points towards training. So great. O'Keefe, you take all the business stuff. You call me when stuff needs to get done, but when it comes to contracts or emails or whatever, that's O'Keefe. So that way I can focus and spend my energy points on training. Sammy, 
you take care of food stuff. You put food in front of me. You tell me when to eat, how much to eat. I don't want to spend any energy there. You just, you tell me what's going to be best. And so he just had no interest in, in counting macros. You know, for him, it was very important to just eat enough. He had gotten some tests done at one point and, um, you know, a bunch of blood tests and uh, like basically the way they do the ear VO2 max. And it was like sweat tests and all of these things where, you know, blood was pricked while he was doing these um, endurance workouts. And the doctor had said like, listen, you are just such a crazy metabolism and what you're outputting in terms of your daily exercise, like you need to be eating 10,000 calories a day. And so Matt heard that and was just kind of like, cool, how do I get calories? Because 10,000 calories is a, is a part-time job on top of a full-time job, you know? And so we just focused on, you know, super calorie dense food and I never counted, but we kind of, you know, I would do like rough estimates of, okay, if he's eating roughly this in training, you know, it's fruit snacks and Gatorade and protein shakes throughout the day or fuel for fires between training or bananas, whatever it is, this is kind of like, okay, if you're eating about this each training session, then I know that I've got to fill in with your meals in this way. We actually did a couple of months ago, we did like a, a YouTube video and then I created an ebook for it where I, I recooked the most like eaten meals in our house when Matt was training, counted everything. I would basically build the plate and then I kind of like back counted because I didn't want to be swayed by the scale. I just wanted to serve it up visually the way that I would. And then it was like, okay, let's weigh this steak. And it was like, you know, a 10 ounce steak. And I was like, okay, well, that's what I would cook for dinner. Or, you know, you, you measure up the, the rice and it was like, I was probably giving him like a cup and a half of cooked rice at dinner, you know, just crazy things that now that he's, not training the same and and we laid it all out on the island and it was like oh my gosh that's what you would eat in one day and it came out to like i think it was like 7900 calories and just looking at you know something absurd of like a couple hundred grams of fat a day and you, you i don't know it, it's like it doesn't really mean a lot to me because I, i'm i'm not a, a registered you know nutritionist or dietitian but when you share those numbers and people are like, what you were eating that many, you know, grams of fat or that many grams of carbs. And it's like, I mean, the carbs were the biggest thing. It's just like carbs are what, it, what's going to like keep him fueled and, and help build some energy throughout the day. So that was, you know, if ever at the end of the day came, it was like have a protein shake before bed and, you know, eat basically another small second dinner and that way you're not going to bed hungry or you're not waking up in the middle of the night. Like sleep is so important that there were times where he would be waking up in the middle of the night and it always came down to like, he was just hungry. And so it was like, okay, one night, maybe that's just a little bit of a fluke. The next night, if you're waking up again, have a bowl of cereal. And then the third night, it's like, you just need to eat something again before bed. And you know, the tough part for him is he's like, oh, I'm not hungry. <laughs> you know, like, he spends all day training and all day eating, but sometimes it's just not enough, you know? So that was kind of our approach to it. You know, if Matt had said, Hey, I really want to count my macros and I want to know that every grain of rice is, is accounted for, then, you know, that's just what I would have done. But it just wasn't something that he was interested in putting energy towards. And so we just kept pushing plates his way and just 
kept saying, okay, then let's just focus on like more is better, more is better. And, and, um, you know, using cues as indicators of like, are you sleeping well? Great. Then it, then it must mean that you're fed enough to, to sustain through the night. And are you waking up hungry? Also another problem, you know, things like that. So. What do you hope people get out of the book? We've gone, we've gone through most of this recording. We've talked about so much because you have so much passion for this that we barely touched on this. What do you hope people get out of this? Oh gosh, I, I genuinely, I, I wrote the book with all of the recipes in mind that, that I enjoyed cooking to bring people together. So a lot of the recipes, you know, like I said, I don't remember the food that my mom cooked really. Like I know that she didn't enjoy the process and I know that she, it was a chore for her, but I don't really remember if the food was good or bad. I just remember that it brought us together. And so I think that's one of the things that I love so much about food is that it just gives us an excuse to gather people. And, you know, especially these times are a little weird, right? Gatherings aren't, aren't as, aren't as normal anymore. And so I just hope that people look at this as a way, you know, these recipes are not your 30 minute quick weeknight dinners or not all of them are super healthy. There are plenty in there that are, but there are also plenty that are are decadent and full of butter and sugar and, and are meant to be shared and used as celebration meals. And so I think that I would just really love for people to get out of this of, you know, just an opportunity to to learn, an opportunity to try something new and and use those as as ways to bring people together. Well, Sammy, where is the best place or where are the best places, I should say, because you're on all the platforms, where are the best places for people to keep up to date with you, the food you're making, the life you're living, all that good stuff? Yeah. So um, social media, of course, is great. So we've got Feeding the Frasers, which is our Instagram account, uh, my personal account, Sammy Mona's, and then of course, our website, feedingthefrasers.com. There's the blog there with all of the recipes and all of the details. We've got a shop, we've got um, a YouTube channel, which we're hoping to build out more. Uh, You know, that, that really houses a lot of our training and event life, but then uh, looking to build some, some cooking content on there this year as well. Sammy, I really appreciate you taking the time. I am absolutely starving after this, so I might, <laughs> I might get a treat. It's not going to be pretzels dipped in Nutella, but it might be something else. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that that can resonate with my pretzels dipped in Nutella. <laughs> We've upgraded a little bit, but you know, it's still it's still near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I, I mean, it's that's undeniably tasty, as much as I would say. Um, right. Appreciate it. Uh, thank you very much. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate it. 